This is LAC Online Church in Perry, Ohio. We exist to love God and love people. For more information about our church or ministry activities, please visit LakeErieChurch.com. Now here's today's message. We have been studying, or we started last week, and we're going to study all the way up to Easter, of the Gospel of Mark, and in that pursuit, we're going to be trying to look for Jesus in all of these passages. And this story today in Mark chapter 4 is one of my favorite of the stories that Mark told. It's also retold in a couple of the other Gospels, but it's one that I I love to look at and read. It's an inspirational kind of moment uh, for me, and I hope it will be uh, for you today. I've I've just got a sense of feeling in my heart that God wants to do something special for somebody in the room or somebody that's online today. And I just know that God's got something in store. So let's stand together for the reading of God's word. Mark's gospel chapter 4 will begin with verse 35. The title today is when everything in life falls apart. You ever been there? Feels like everything in your life is falling apart. Kind of like the old song on Hee Haw years ago. If it wasn't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Sometimes life can feel that way. It can feel like everything is falling apart. Maybe that's the way you feel today. Maybe you came into the service. Maybe you clicked on to an online church because your life feels like it's falling apart. Well, God's word speaking to you today. Let's believe that together. Mark's Gospel, chapter 4, verse 35. As evening came, Jesus said to the disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping in the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up, saying, Teacher, don't you care that we are going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The phrasing there is significant to me. Do you still have no faith? Meaning that there had been a time when they recognized they had no faith. And he's asking, are you still there? Are you still in a place where you have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They ask each other. Even the winds and waves obey him. Let's bow our heads to pray this morning. And as we pray, if you find yourself this morning in one of those spaces where it feels like life is untethered and falling apart. I want you to pray right now that God will speak to you directly out of his word, the very words that you need to hear. If you're watching me online right now, I'm asking you to point your hand toward whatever screen you're watching right now, and let's ask God to speak his word into our heart. Father, it is in the name of Jesus that we pray today over our hearing and our concentration, over our focus and our ability, Lord, to be able to comprehend the truth, the eternal truth of your word. 
Somebody sitting in this room today. Somebody watching me online today. Desperately needs God's word to be strong in their heart and their life. And so I pray, Holy Father, right now that your word will penetrate even those places of uncertainty. Those places of insecurity where we struggle. We struggle to believe. We struggle to have confidence that God is our keeper. That the Lord is our helper. We struggle to believe that it's all going to work out somehow. So I pray right now, Lord, for that peace that comes. And I believe you for it. For miracles and wonders and healing in this place today and online. In Jesus' name. And everybody says, point at somebody real, real direct and say, love you. Love you. You may be seated. <laughs> in late... Late 1980, the Ladies' Home Journal surveyed families throughout the United States. And using a criteria of their own choosing, they chose a family in Houston, Texas that they dubbed the Family of the Year. He was a surgeon, she was a teacher. They had two teenage children and a toddler, a nice suburban home, a two-car garage and a boat. The children went to a private school. The parents were members of prestigious clubs in the city. They were well-known and well-connected. One day the father came home from work and the house was unusually quiet. He called out but no one gave response and he began noticing drops of blood on the steps going upstairs. He rushed upstairs to find his teenage daughter lying in the hallway, bleeding out from a stab wound, screaming to him, Daddy, Mommy has gone crazy. She tried to kill me. Further down the hall, he found his son laying dead and rushed in the toddler's room and found the lifeless body of his little boy. Standing there looking over it, wondering what in the world could be going on, he heard a blood-curdling scream. He went to the window of the room and looked in the backyard and saw his half-naked wife screaming at the top of her lungs, I can't take it anymore. The pressure is killing me. And she plunged a knife into her chest and fell into the swimming pool. What appeared to the outside world to be a perfect home came crashing down in just a moment. It's scary how moments like that can happen. How quickly life can get out of control. How quickly it can feel like that things are falling apart. You're healthy today and tomorrow you're staring at the x-rays and a bad prognosis. Life is fragile and there's no guarantee. Yesterday I preached the funeral of a great friend of mine that I've known for over 22 years who died a few days ago at the age of 57. He had a wonderful wife, two married children, a granddaughter, on January the 20th, he, there were no problems. Five weeks later, we had his funeral. It leads me to remind every one of us today that you cannot take life for granted. And the second thing it reminds me is to tell every one of us that you have to be sure that you are ready to meet God every day of your life. We see this in the passage that we just read. Jesus and the disciples are taking a trip. Now, it's not unusual. They were seafaring men. Many of them had been fishermen before Jesus found them. And so it's not unusual for them to be in the boat. It was the means by which they crossed the Sea of Galilee between the cities in which they ministered. It had been a busy day of worship. 
And they got in the boat and began to go across. And the Bible says in verse 37, soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking upon the boat and it began to fill with water. The scene looks like this. They're just having a good time. They're laughing. They're remarking about what has just happened in, in the feeding of 5,000 as they start across the sea. All of a sudden, the wind begins to pick up. And then the wind gets to be a little more. And the waves start lapping against the sides of the boat. And before long, the boat begins to be tossed and turned. And you say, I know what that feels like. I've been there. And we all have. The fierceness of the storm and its unexpectedness is seen in the reaction of the disciples. They were not prepared for the storm. And the quickness with which the storm came on them completely overwhelmed them. Storms are like that. That's the way storms do. They come up unexpectedly. I once sat in the room where a doctor told me that the cancer in my loved one was so expansive that he feared that my loved one's life would not survive even one year. And unless you've been in that room, unless you've been in that place, you can't understand how quickly the oxygen gets sucked out of the room. Or maybe you're sitting in your house and you're having to listen to a person who once told you that they would love you for the rest of their life. And now they're telling you that they're in love with somebody else. And your life is being rearranged. And all of a sudden it feels like the room closes in. And a storm has come up. And you have to deal with it. Or maybe it's the job you thought you would always have. Or, or maybe it's the financial security that you built your life upon. Or maybe it's a family relationship that you never thought would get off the rails. But all of a sudden. A fierce and unexpected storm has moved into your life and it feels like the world is coming apart and this unexpected storm will rock your world and if you haven't been there, you will one day. And if you have been there, you probably will be there again because life is like that. Life is a series of unexpected challenges that cause our faith to be tested. I said to someone in our church just this week, everything that you have ever valued about God, you learned in the hardest places of your life. You, you don't value many things about God that you learn when everything is going well, but it's when it's tough and when it's hard. And when you don't know what you're going to do. And you don't know how to hold it together. And you're trying with all that's in you to hold it together. It's in those moments that you have to find something. You've got to learn what to do right there. And I want to show it to you. There's three things that you do when you feel like your world is coming apart. And all three of them are in this story. And so I want you to see them. And every one of them is in the embodiment of Jesus Christ. Because remember, we're looking for Jesus in the book of Mark. And all three of these are embodied in who Jesus is and who Jesus is to us. When it feels like the world is coming apart and the storm of life has moved in on you, first of all, remember who is in the boat with you. Remember who is in the boat with you. Verse 35 says, he said to the disciples, let us go over to the other side of the lake. Just remember who's in the boat with you. Jesus was in the boat. He didn't send them across by him by themselves. He said, I'm going with you. One of the 
favorite verses, one that my mother taught me when I was a little boy, is Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. It just simply says that the Lord is my keeper. And I won't be afraid, for he is faithful. He's faithful who promised, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, you know, Pentecostal preachers, and I being a Pentecostal preacher, and several more sprinkled throughout the room today, there's a dynamic and a cadence with Pentecostal preaching that, that makes it good. And if you've been around Pentecostal preaching, you'll understand what I'm saying. Sometimes there's a moment in a message when you can feel something powerful taking place and, and you capture a phrase or a word or maybe even sometimes we do it in a song and you just repeat it and you repeat it and you repeat it for emphasis. You, you just keep saying it over and over again. One of my friends was preaching just recently and, and he was quoting this verse of scripture. And, and he said, the Bible says, I will never Never, never, never leave you. After church was over, one of the elder ladies in the church walked up to him. She started shaking that bony finger. You know, it makes you nervous when they start shaking that finger. She said, Pastor, I know what you were doing, but I just came up here to remind you. For some of you young Christians, it may take four nevers. But if Jesus said to an old person one time, I will never leave you, that's good enough for us. And that's what the scripture says. I will never leave you. Now, now listen, repeating like that is really, it works fine. And it's good when you're in church. It doesn't work all that well when you're going through the drive-thru at Burger King. Because when Teresa Dingus down at Burger King says to you, what will you have if you say, I'll have a Whopper, a Whopper, a Whopper. You're getting three. Jesus said, I promise you. I'm never going to leave you. You see, I think the thing that scares us the most is this feeling that we might be alone. That we might be facing the nightmares of our experience by ourselves. There's 7.5 billion people on the face of the earth. And somehow in our mind we start convincing ourselves that God has lost sight of where we are. That the circumstances and the trials and the difficulties that we face. That somehow they are disconnected from God's presence. But I'm reminding you this morning. That you cannot go where God's presence does not go with you. You cannot be where God is not sustaining you by his continual presence. You may not be able to feel him. You may not be able to see some tangible evidence, but I'm promising you this. God's promises are true. God's promises can be counted on. And he will never leave you. He's never going to leave you. If you're in a funeral home, he's there with you. If you're in a divorce court, he's there with you. If you're at the bank, he's there with you. He is never going to leave you. And you can count on that. Here's the second thing that you need to do when you feel like your life is falling apart is remind yourself that the outside circumstances don't define what's inside of me. You know, sometimes it's easy to miss that point. Verse 38 says, Jesus was sleeping in the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're about to drown? 
maybe the dumbest question Jesus was ever asked. You don't care that we're about to drown? Well, of course Jesus cares. But in the moment of panic and in the moment of fear, sometimes we miss what we know to be true. Now, there's a couple things I just want to unpack here with you for a moment. First thing it hits my mind when I read this is I don't know how in the world Jesus is asleep on a boat that's so ferociously being tossed to and fro. But he was. He's asleep. That's a sermon for a different time, but he's asleep. And they come to Jesus because in their fear, they don't know what they're going to do. They don't know what the outcome is. And if you looked at it from the outside circumstances, you might miss the point about what's really going on. If you've been watching our Revelation series on Wednesday night, you've heard Tracy say this over and over and over again. That to understand the book of Revelation, one has to understand that there are things that are going on in the spirit that cannot always be seen in the natural. That there is a dimension of what's taking place in the spirit that is not connected to what you can see. Because sometimes your eyes deceive you. And if you try to build your faith and your confidence on what you can see, you will easily get discouraged. But can I just tell somebody in the room today, Jesus was not afraid of drowning because he already walked on water. He's not afraid of the storm because he's the one that created the lightning and the thunder. And the God that will never leave you, the God that will never forsake you, has control of everything that is taking place. Even when it feels like that there's nobody in charge. You see, what you're seeing in me doesn't tell the whole story. You look up here, you see me. You draw the conclusion on what you see, but you're missing the true story. I may be going through something today, but you need to know I still belong to God. You hear what I'm saying this morning? It's easy to see my tears and think I'm falling apart. It's easy to understand my concern and think I'm losing my hope, but I'm not because I still belong to God. I may be in a storm, but I am not afraid. I may be in a storm, but I'm not going under because I belong to God and He is with me. You may see me raising my hands, but you won't know how hard things have been for me this week. But my praise is an expression of my faith and my confidence in God that no matter what I'm going through, I serve a God who is able. You know, sometimes if you get your eyes on things, you start drawing conclusions, but I'm telling you, you only see with the natural. You can't see in the spirit. You may not understand that there's something going on inside of me that's telling me, I'm going to get through this. I'm going to make it. I'm going to get through this moment, and I'm going to make it. The outside circumstances do not define what is going on inside of me. So don't mistake my pain for quitting. I'm not quitting. Don't think because I'm heartbroken that I don't have confidence God's going to see me through. Don't assume because I appear to be overwhelmed with my challenges that I don't know that there is a power inside of me that is greater than all the power that is against me. 
We don't live by what we feel. We don't live by what we see. We live by what we believe. And our faith is stronger. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Jesus said, no, that I give you power over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall be able to hurt you. You listen to what I'm telling you. The devil may be a roaring lion, but the lion of Judah is greater. You may be going through a hardship, but there is a God who is bigger. He's bigger than your circumstance. So I may not look like it, but I'm coming through. I may not talk like it, but I'm overcoming. I may not appear to have it all together, but I'm stronger than you think. Because there is a power that is inside of me that belongs to God. And he has empowered me to live. Oh, blessed be. Come on, somebody praise the Lord in this house. There's a third thing. Jerome, come on, get ready to play. There's a third thing. So, remember who's in the boat with you. Understand that the outside circumstances don't define what's on the inside of you. And Jesus himself is your peace. Jesus is the peace. Not other people. Not a clean x-ray. I visited with Gary and Debbie Mullins this week and we were talking about the struggle of living through the cancer treatment experience. It's, it's awful. If you've never been through it, you can't appreciate how every hour, every minute is just a struggle. And I was telling Debbie, I remember when Kathy, my first wife, was going through cancer and we'd had a, we'd had a setback. They called me in the middle of the night and they, they told me to bring her to the hospital immediately. And we went to the hospital. The blood labs had come back and they were very bad and they were very concerned about her crisis. And we got there and they took her immediately and told me to go into this waiting room. They were going to be doing x-rays and tests that night. It was like 3 in the morning. They set me down in this little waiting area outside of radiology. There wasn't anybody there. It was dark. All the lights had been turned down. There was no TV. There was nobody to offer me coffee or refreshment or drink or anything. I'm just sitting there in the dark by myself. And I'm pleading with God. Please, God. We've already been through so much. We've already suffered through so much. We've gone through so much. Please. God, please give us a good report. God, please give us, give us a good report. Help us. Help us here. And as clearly as you're hearing my voice right now. I heard God speak into my heart. I already know the results of the test. Your faith isn't in that test. Your faith is in me. You understand what I'm saying? Now, I know that's a leap of faith for some of you. But when you get to the point where you don't have to have a doctor tell you that you're okay. And you can have a confidence in God that no matter what anybody says... 
no matter what the x-rays say, no matter what the blood labs say, no matter what the doctors are saying, that there is a God who already knows the answer. He already has everything in his hands. And we know that he cares about us. He loves us and he cares for us. It is in him that we have peace. Jesus said that. He said, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. I'm giving you my peace. Not a peace the world gives do I give you, but my peace. Don't let your heart be troubled. He said, don't be afraid. Jesus is peace. He's right there in the boat with them. Things are falling apart. He's right there in the boat with them. And they said, you don't care that we're, we're perishing? And he stood up and he said, peace be still. Waves laid down. Wind stopped blowing. There was a great calm, John said. John in his story says there's a great calm. And Jesus says this. Where's your faith? What are you trusting in? What are you hoping for? What do you need to sleep at night? What do you need to get through the tough spots? Because the things that we often trust in are falling away. I told Tracy yesterday, I said, I think what God's trying to sell us is that the institutions of this world in which we have put our confidence, they're crumbling at our feet. Because God wants us to know that there is no man, there is no government, there is no institution that is our peace. Our peace is Jesus. He's always been our peace. He says to every one of you that are sitting here today and every one of you that are watching me today, you can trust me. When your world is falling apart, when it feels like everything's going crazy, when you can't make sense of what's taking place with your kids, when you don't have the answers to the problems in life, when you don't know how you're going to pay the bills, you don't know how you're going to save your marriage, you don't know how you're going to take care of your family, you can have peace in Jesus. He never fails. He never goes away. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. He is your Thank you for listening. Lake Erie Church is a multicultural Pentecostal church located in Perry, Ohio, about 30 minutes east of Cleveland. We would love to have you for a visit sometime. For more information or to connect with our team, please visit lakeeriechurch.com.